Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it. Go to zibbyowens.com. Jean Meltzer is the author of Mr. Perfect on Paper, a novel. Jean has the unique distinction of being the world's only Emmy award-winning, chronically ill, and disabled rabbinical school dropout. Yet, it is this extraordinary background, coupled with a firm belief in holding on to your joy and seeking out happy endings, which forms the basis of her diverse work. 
Jean received her BFA from New York University, Tisch School of the Arts, Department of Dramatic Writing in 2002. After graduation, she served as creative director of Tapestry International, an Oscar-winning television and film production company, where she oversaw the writing, development, and production for over 250 hours of children's television and won numerous awards for her work. In 2006, Jean moved to Israel to pursue a career in the rabbinate and studied at several colleges and seminaries for five years. She also became an outspoken advocate for the disease myalgic encephalomyelitis chronic fatigue syndrome. In 2012, Jean ended her rabbinical studies and spent many years homebound due to this disease. Today, Jean lives a thriving, chronically fabulous Jewish life in Virginia. She sees her challenges as part of a larger journey and is eager to share her stories with others. Her first book, The Matzah Ball, was published by Mira in 2021 and is being developed into a feature film by Sugar23 with Lance Bass Productions, Brett Gursky and Ben Savage Producing. Welcome, Jean. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Mr. Perfect on paper. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> it's an honor. I told Jean like right before we started that my, I don't know when this is releasing, but today is when the August books article that I wrote for Good Morning America came out and Jean's book was on there. So I was just telling her and that was really fun to see her reaction. Yay. Yeah, it's so cool. I was saying how I kind of grew up my whole life watching GMA. I'm a GMA girl. So it's really quite an honor. I never, ever thought I would be on any GMA list. So I'm very, very honored. So <laughs> you're going to get me all the clamps even before we begin. <laughs> really means a lot to me. Oh, good. I'm excited to be here. So Jean, okay, first let's talk about what your book is about, Mr. Perfect on Paper. So Mr. Perfect on Paper is about a third-generation matchmaker named Dara Rabinowitz, who finds her private search for love sort of inadvertently thrust into the national spotlight when her Bubby shares her list for the perfect Jewish husband <laughs> on national television, as Bubbies tend to do. And sort of as this nationwide hunt ensues, it goes viral, of course, this nationwide hunt ensues, she finds her heart more and more drawn to Christopher Steadfast, a totally charming but also really not Jewish reporter following her story. And it was partly inspired by my love, my own love story. I was a first-year rabbinical school student. I was, I am deeply committed to my faith. I was deeply committed to my faith. And uh, plot twist, I fell in love with a non-Jewish man. And so my second book, I really wanted to sort of explore the tension between loving your faith and falling in love with someone outside of your faith and sort of how you navigate this in this modern world. And how do you navigate this? You know, it's interesting. I always say, you know, uh, I was a rabbinical student and I always sort of say the difference between a rabbi and an author is a rabbi literally means teacher. And a rabbi's job is to teach, to, to answer questions. But I feel like an author's job is to ask questions and not necessarily answer them. And so I guess what I would say to that is how you navigate it. I guess the book is sort of, it asks the question, but it doesn't necessarily give you an answer because I think it's a very individual journey and every couple has to decide what's right for them. My second husband actually converted to Judaism. Yes. So, so we, which is how we navigated that one. <laughs> yes. So, so did he do the whole hop a thingy? 
He did. He had like a mikvah and we did a service on the stage and it was a whole thing. We worked closely with the rabbi for many weeks on it. And it's uh, a long time to convert into Judaism. (laughs) It's not like when that we got to like study. And so my husband had also converted to Judaism as well. So a lot of that sort of like his learning and his experience, as well as sort of like in the book of like kind of But it's interesting. So you did then have this sort of experience where as a Jewish woman, you know, what are your lines? What are you willing to, you know, uh, sort of move on versus not? So, I mean, I guess it's because it's definitely more common nowadays. But yeah, it's really, I mean, I wasn't, I think, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I I would, it was more important for me to marry some, to raise my kids Jewish. Mm -hmm. So because I wasn't having kids with my second husband, it wouldn't have been like a total deal breaker as long as he would like come with me to everything. But he (laughs) volunteered. He's like, no, I want to be part of what everybody else is doing. And that's so sweet. But yeah, I mean, again, it's it's that idea of like how we navigate and what we want and what we're going to choose or not choose. What is his, what did he find to be the most interesting part of, of Judaism coming into it? I always felt like with my husband, I made him go to Yom Kippur services, like the first, yeah. like the first round, I made him sit there for like 12 hours. And I was like, you oh my gosh, <laughs> I was expecting him to leave, like just be done. But he said he stayed around. That's how you know love. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's true love. I know not 12 hours, like two hours or something. Two or three hours. He, he does fast. You know, he fasts with us. But um, I mean, to be honest, he's, a, you know, Italian Catholic by origin. And he's like, it's not so different. You know, there's so much, yeah. <laughs> there's the guilt, there's the food, there's the family, you know, emphasis on family. So it's not, he didn't feel like it was such a leap. So Yeah, I, I it's interesting because my husband is half Albanian and then on the other side, Italian, German and Irish. But very similar, even like the Albanian customs when we were getting married. So it's, you know, the circle dancing, they had circle dancing, we had circle dancing. So it was very easy to sort of like, even though we couldn't have come from like more different worlds and backgrounds in some weird way, because our values were so similar and our cultural experiences were so similar, it really just sort of like melted beautifully. But yeah, all of that is sort of in the book of like, you know, I tried so hard to marry a nice Jewish boy. I dated like every single Jewish man in Manhattan. And <laughs> I really did. I really did. I'm sure like there's, sorry guys, but I, like I dated every single Jewish guy in Manhattan. And, you know, it wasn't even, I'm sure you know this, sometimes it's not even that they're a bad guy. They're just not the right guy for you. Yes. And then I met my husband and he was the right guy for me, but nothing on paper. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? Man plans and God laughs. So yes. that's sort of, you know, Dara's journey. And I guess it's very much inspired by my own journey. So <laughs> for 13 years, we're about to celebrate 13 years of marriage. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So wait, how did you go from being a rabbinical, and you called yourself, what do you call yourself on your website? Rabbinical it's school like, dropout. <laughs> rabbinical school dropout. Proud like, rabbinical school dropout. Wait, so hold on. I want to read what, uh, wait, un, yeah, you say, you call yourself the only Emmy winning chronically ill and disabled rabbinical school dropout. 
I mean, if there's someone else there with those that can claim that, call me. We'll be besties. But yeah, I feel like it's pretty, my journey's been very unusual. So yeah, I sort of started in film and television. I thought that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was very successful, very young. And uh, in that success, I realized I wasn't happy. So wait, go back. Hold on. Successful on the writing side of yeah, in television. I was working in television. I was um, using daytime television. I won an Emmy uh, like within a year of graduation. You know, I was creative director of a company. I had like fifty people under me. I was doing very well, and I had hit all these goals that I thought as a teenager I wanted to be like a Manhattan TV producer. You know, black pants and cat glasses and living in New York, and I wasn't happy. So jokes on me, I sort of began a process of looking for what would make me happy. And what I realized is I had been living for my goals and not for my values. Mm. So I made a decision to live for my values with a decision I still hold to by today. And in that process, I, I sort of returned uh, to the only value system I knew, which was Judaism. So I began studying. I began getting really into it. I guess they would have called, called me a Batshuva, meaning a person who's returning to the faith. And I decided to just quit my job and move to Israel to study. <laughs> and so that's what I did. Uh, I made my mother cry. I made everyone very concerned. <laughs> but I did that. I followed my heart, passionate to the point of recklessness. And I spent the next five years uh, studying in various seminaries, rabbinical schools, and I was training to become a rabbi. Unfortunately, the chronic illness that I had since I was about 18 years old worsened. We know a lot more now than we did when I was 18 and diagnosed. And I just kept getting sort of sicker and sicker and sicker. And I knew that I could not finish rabbinical school. I was just way too sick. I was going to kill myself to try So I withdrew and I essentially became homebound, which I've been for sort of like the last 10 years, very bad for two years where like the only sort of thing in my life that I could do was sort of like go to the grocery store maybe once a month for half an hour. Thankfully, I was able to get a little better than that. And I decided to start writing again and very slow process to be able to write again. But that's sort of what happened. At one point, I sat down and I wrote the matzo ball. And that book sort of took off and it sort of became a culmination of my journey, which was the writing and the Judaism coming together and chronic illness and sort of these invisible things all sort of culminated in sort of where I am today. So man plans, God laughs. And yeah, it's definitely an interesting story and it's a bit of journey to get here. But, you know, I'm very, I, I appreciate every single second of it because I definitely, the the odds were not in my favor. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wait, can you, do you mind talking more about the illness and what it was and what happened? Yeah. And like- oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So I was diagnosed. So the, the moniker that it goes by is chronic fatigue syndrome. That's what I was diagnosed with at 18, but it's it's known as myalgic encephalitis. Very hard to say. ME is what a lot of people go by. It is not just about being fatigued. It's a neuroimmune multi-system disease, and it actually winds up disabling 25% of people with the disease uh, are bedbound, and 75% of people who are diagnosed with CFS will never return to working full-time, I believe the statistic is. So this is a very disabling disease with a horrible misogynistic moniker that is really meant to sort of like devalue the experience that we have as like disabled, chronically ill people. So I, uh, for, for 10, 15, 20, 20, over 20 years now, I've been living with this disease. Mine, I would say, is kind of like it goes up and down. It's rapid, not rapid cycle. I never forget the word right now. Brain fog, but remitting, relaxing. Excuses, excuse me. Remitting, relaxing. And so it means I'm a little bit better, then I get worse, a little bit better. But basically, I have to navigate my life around this disease. And then as I got older, probably why I've got worse is like, I always joke chronic illnesses are kind of like teenagers going to a bathroom. They sort of travel in packs. So I've gotten like more conditions, unfortunately. So, but bringing back to writing, you know, writing is my joy and my escape from the reality of these conditions. So, you know, whether there were going to be books at the end of it or not, I'd be writing anyway. So (laughs) I guess that's how you know you're a writer. (laughs) You have such a wonderful attitude and this like air of happiness around you. So it's weird. I know. I think that's because I've I've had to learn to sort of hold on to my happiness. Like I'm very spastic. Like I I will do something just because it makes me laugh, because it makes me feel good, because it's fun. Even if it's, you know, I made a decision many years ago that even if my entire life was going to sort of be stuck to four square walls in a bedroom, that I was going to hold on to my joy, that I was going to be happy, that I wasn't going to give up, that I was going to see value in my life. And I think I've never, I've never stopped that, right? I'm still that girl who said, I want to live for my values. So, you know, I think if you build your house around the things you believe in, you value, you love, then you'll, you'll always be happy. But yeah, I'm very spastic. <laughs> That's I did not, not say spastic. I said happy. You said spastic. <laughs> I also um, don't get out much. So when I talk to people, I get very excited. <laughs> so I'm very happy to be talking to you. <laughs> Wait, so, but are you, I, not, I mean, now I'm being, are you able to walk? Can you walk? Or are you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am able to walk. So for me, it's more like we get something called post-exertional malaise. So it's kind of like, Anything you do, like you get a kickback. So you'll like, I'll get a sort of uptick in flu system symptoms. I'll get very fatigued. I might get a migraine. So you just have to really be careful to sort of like navigate 
through your disease. But again, I feel very lucky that I've gotten within my books, one of the things I sort of try to do is sort of, in matzo ball, we talked about chronic fatigue and Mr. Perfect on paper. I'm talking about generalized anxiety disorder in my third book I'm working on right now. I'm talking about chronic pelvic pain. And I feel very lucky that I'm getting to bring awareness to these sort of invisible things that otherwise we don't see in our society in a fun sort of way. (laughs) I was like dog-earing all the pages in your book about anxiety. I didn't even know that anxiety was a thing. I thought like it was just, you know, everybody felt this way about everything. And (laughs) I just didn't even know. I just assumed like everybody worried and yeah, it's only a second. Wait a second. That's not normal. (laughs) I'm like, well, whatever it is what it is, but it was, it is rewarding to see in literature, whatever other people when they're going through it and making light of it and all of that, which I I really appreciated. And I appreciated, was it Christopher Steadfast? Christopher, right? His his whole point of view came from, from loss and trying to make things better for his daughter and the heartbreaking nature of that and reinvention of family and, you know, what it means to parent, to be a good parent, to date and be a parent, like all of that stuff, super interesting and, and really well executed. Yeah, I think for me, I love sort of mirroring in books and this, you know, very Jewish concept of the shirt, which is that, you yep. know, the other half sort of makes you better and sort of lack fills up, lacks, you know, helps you fill up what you need to be a better person. And I think for both of them, they both have fears, but they're different types of fears. Yep. So as where as her anxiety is much more irrational, she's afraid of bridges, right? She's afraid, can't go into Manhattan without thinking of all the things that could kill you, you know, so, but his fears are much more like based in his experience of reality and then much more about, you know, the fear of falling in love again, the fear of being hurt again. And so they both, they both sort of have to kind of come together in order to overcome that, which I think is sweet. (laughs) And I love what you said about re-envisioning family, because I think she has to do that too. Mm -hmm. You know, what does she want? What does she really want? So what is the vision? Because we all have a vision, right? (laughs) Yes, I know. I feel like I should tell younger people just to throw it out the window, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever you're thinking, it's like it never, man plans, God laughs, the Yiddishism right there. So I say that, I say that often. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's true. It's totally true that, you know, you think, you think, you know, where you're going. You know, I remember when I, when I had to drop out of rabbinical school and sort of that feeling of like, what, like what happened to my life? Like, how did this happen? You know, 10 years. And I, my most exciting thing in my life was like going to the dog park and like listening to dog walkers stop, which is fabulous, by the way, (laughs) has the opportunity to do that. You should totally do that. But, you know, it's so strange to think your life can change so much. You know, you write a book and, and, and boom, and all this stuff happens. But the one thing I would always say is you never know for good or bad where your life is going in the next five years, which is why you should never give up. (laughs) So tell me about the success of the matzo ball and how that changed your life. Well, I definitely have a lot more friends on Facebook now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's interesting because I think the coolest part about it, aside from like being able to meet all these people and share stories, was just that feeling that like 
in some weird way, my, my life when I walked into a room was always sort of like these disparate identities. You know, I had my Jewish identity and I had my chronically ill identity. And then I had my, like, I want to secretly be a real housewife identity. And like <laughs> with the, but with the matzo ball, it was like, I didn't have to explain myself anymore. It was the first time I was Jewish and chronically ill and, and loved fabulosity. And it was in a book. And, and so it felt like my soul was complete. Like if I had gotten hit by a bus the next day, I would have been like, I'm good, God, thank you. <laughs> and so I think for me, like that's been the, the coolest or best experience personally, or is the sense that like, I don't have to explain myself anymore. It's, it's in my stories. And then obviously all the rest, like I try not to put any sort of value into like monetary or economic or ideas of success, because I think that's a really dangerous path, but I'm, I'm happy that I can write really good stories that have resonated with people. And obviously I'm glad I can pay for my medications. And, and I think that's it. I mean, my, yes, my life has changed a lot more. I'm much busier, but I mean, I feel very blessed and I, I don't take a life as I keep saying I, don't take any of it for granted. I'm just unbelievably grateful for every moment. Really. Wow. Tell me more about the pelvic illness novel. So <laughs> Man Plans God Last, pretty much the same weekend, I I I heard about the uh, matzo ball was going to be made into a book. I woke up with what I thought sort of was like a urinary tract infection. Eight doctors, eight rounds of antibiotics, three specialists later, it was not a urinary tract infection. And, and this sort of it was the first time I was real re, re-maneuvering in the medical system since my diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. So it was during a pandemic and eventually through like, you know, they put me on hormones, they put me into chemical menopause, they gave me diagnosis of, you know, everything from like fibro and clinical endometriosis, polydina, what you if you've been through pelvic pain, this, you know, this, this is very common. You get every diagnosis, every medication. Finally, after surgery, they removed fibroids, they removed a tumor they found on my bladder, which turned out to be in fibroids, so it was non-cancerous. I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, and that began a new journey for me which was sort of like how to reclaim my femininity and my sexuality and be sexual with pelvic pain. So I sort of had to like learn my body anew. And as I was going through this, I knew it was going to be my third book. I knew it had to be my third book. So it's a third book is a book about two rival bakeries. And uh, the woman is uh, suffering from chronic pelvic pain and sexual dysfunction and you know, it's sort of about, can you find the right recipe to fall in love? So uh, yeah, (laughs) two kosher bakeries. So one's like an, you know, heir to a major, like sort of a baked goods empire. And the other one's like a kosher bakery in Brooklyn. So (laughs) always chewy. (laughs) So lots of, lots of rugula and (laughs) funfetti holla and (laughs) Amazing. I see a, a very delicious book tour coming yes. for that. Please, <laughs> in, please invite me to some of those events so I can eat funfetti hala. Actually, we have a place um, in the summer here. We have a, there's a farm stand down the block and they make hala with all different flavors, which is oh really great. God. They even I'm have just, like a jalapeno okay. hala and a chocolate chip hala and sun-dried tomato. And anyway. Wow. Yeah. What's your favorite? 
I mean, I'm so boring. I actually like the regular, just plain sea salt. Plain. You know? You're a purist. I totally I'm a purist. I'm I a purist. totally get it. I'm, I always say that to my husband too. Like at the end of the day, I just want, you know, I, want, I like it the way it is. <laughs> Don't put all the stuff on it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to steal that line purist instead of boring. <laughs> Because uh, it sounds so much better than boring, which Doesn't is no. <laughs> like I just need a piece of chicken. I just need a totally. Piece of yeah, I don't want yeah. the spicy stuff. I want it. Just, yeah, I don't have to think about it. Like foam on top of it. Yeah, no flowers. foam. No, no, no. No, thank you. Just Nothing like even on the bottom. I'm a happy girl. Yeah. I am. I am exactly the same. Or thank honey. you. I feel, I feel very seen right now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Parting advice. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Do not give up. I mean, the only difference between a published writer and an unpublished writer is the published writer just kept at it and at it and at it. So, you know, I used to tell myself if it like only, if I could only get one sentence down a day, if it took me eight years to write a book, it would, I was going to finish a book. I was going to write a book and turned out to be quite a prophetic and correct, (laughs) a correct, (laughs) it took me 10 years, but don't give up because you can be one of those stories where it it happens for you. So don't give up all the rejections. Every writer goes through it, having to learn, you know, thinking it will never happen for you. And then one day it does. So just, just keep fighting. And do it because you love it. Don't do it for any other reason than because you love it. That would be my other piece of advice. Jean, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Congratulations on Mr. Perfect on Paper, which I absolutely loved. And I'm so impressed with all of your life story and, you know, your attitude and just all of it and your, and your talent and, and everything. I love your voice and writing so much. And anyway, keep going. I can't wait to read what you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for putting me on your GMA honest list. That means so much to me. And thank you for having me here. And thank you to everybody listening. And I hope you love this book as much as I do, because it is a book near and dear to my heart. So everyone go out and get Mr. Perfect on paper. (laughs) And I love you all. (laughs) Thank you, Jean. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.